drive safe, text win home with your human host, Josh Matthews. Nice. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's professional. Like I totally, <laughs> it's to, I, I totally built that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is but, that actually built into into Discord or? Yeah, dude. Like it, it's called Craig, and like it's a it's a, it's a multi track recorder. So I don't know if it it, it multi tracks like with three or four people or something like that. But I know it wow. gets it gets your side and my side, so I don't even have to edit anything. Yeah, and the the audio quality sounds pretty strong. That's pretty yeah. cool. I know. I love it, dude. It's it's insane. Good job, Craig. Yeah, dude, Craig's a good guy. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes he lags out, which is the best part, but like, you know, we got to roll with it. For sure, yeah. But okay, so I am here with Taylor from what what bands say your band? Oh, I'm in a couple bands. So one of them is called Steak Sauce Mustache that tends to be the the better known of the of the few. And then the other band I play in is called Your Hands Write History. Dude, okay, see, there we go. Now podcast over. Talk to you guys later. It was it was <laughs> you le- all the dirty deeds. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, like, okay, first of all, like I I I I like I when we first played together was in Arizona and that was so much fun yeah. because I did not know what to expect and it dude, you guys are nuts. It was so sick. <laughs> Man, it it's funny cuz like you can kind of remember little bits of every single show yeah um but that one was kind of a blur just because there were so many bands throughout the whole day for those who don't know it was basically there was a show booked another show a few months later ended up pushing that show out of the way at the (laughs) venue that we had and the the promoter basically took it upon herself to create an even bigger event to compete with (laughs) that other show and then the ven the the bands that were the replacement show, uh, they ended up hearing about this bigger you know f- small festival type of deal <laughs> that got booked, and they they abandoned ship at the venue, so the venue got totally canned, and all the bands ended up playing one huge show with like it was like twelve bands or something like that. But it was a good time, dude. It was that was it was so crazy. Like when I found out like there were that many bands playing, I was like, wait, seriously, like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love like four or five band bills and like when i found out oh, I was dude. Like 12 i was like what a, a three band bill is honestly like the sweet spot especially oh, when yeah. you're when you're out we were out on a i think it was a three-week tour that run and that was like right at the end of ending tail of it Damn. i want to say but we uh yeah like three band bills are the best because that, that's at, right at the breaking point where you're like i'm too exhausted to actually enjoy this anymore it's just kind of you're, you're <laughs> watching out of solidarity <laughs> that's so true <laughs> dude <laughs> dude so um so what i've been wanting to ask you like i've, I've like first of all like 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 state like lat okay your last record was amazing i love super well oh yeah so thank good. you yeah the new one's even better you don't even know oh dude i don't know and that's <laughs> I'm, I, oh dude i heard i heard like the clips of like like recording bass recently and i was like what the yeah. hell oh dude it sounds so good oh, man it it adds so much lo- more life because honestly uh basically with all the covid stuff uh-huh. our bassist lives about 40 minutes away so it's a small drive oh, okay. um, but we haven't seen him in like five months since our last tour Whoa. and him coming down to track bass was like the first time that we've gotten to see him in all that time and we hadn't heard any of the parts he had written and then no so getting to hear the songs with bass all of a sudden that just has like immensely more life that they go from being just like oh these are demos you know new songs and then they yeah. 
it just sounds so much fuller and more exciting. So I'm really stoked to start tracking vocals this week. Oh, dude, you're tracking this week? Yeah. Oh, dude. I, I do it all um, satellite because I have my own little setup and closet, basically. And and uh, so I do all my tracking for all my projects in there. Oh, bat- that's awesome, dude. Yeah, it's cheaper, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell yeah, dude. Like, so, like, with everything you've recorded, has it all been, like, in-house? Like, do you guys record drums, or do you go to a studio for, like, that and stuff? So, for drums, that's the one thing. We we would really love to do some live drum recording. Yeah. However, we use what we have available, and with, you know, like, we, we basically have no money between all of our bands. Like, every penny we make, it, as most bands are, it just goes right back into the band. Of course. And, um... So for all of our bands, it's been so much more affordable. We we bought an electronic drum set and oh, we okay. still we still track live drums, but it's just on a, an electronic kit. And same thing with guitars. Lately, we've been doing what's called DI tracking. Basically, you, oh, you yeah, record yeah. just the, the completely raw, no distortion, no effects guitar into your computer and you can digitally reamp it. Um, it makes it so much easier for changing stuff basically you can come back and like oh we really we actually hate the guitar tone on this whole album let's change it so <laughs> so it helps a ton for it's a lot more post work because you're constantly changing and trying to get oh, things to sound cool. fuller but yeah it's so much simpler and it's way easier so like we don't really even have a place that we can rehearse we we record on small uh basically line three spider amp amps. oh wow and our electronic kit because a lot of us live in apartments or whatever so okay like we we try to be resourceful with what we got but um yeah so basically it's so much simpler to record stuff di's and electronics um it just makes it way easier and then we're actually sending off the audio this time i, I i'm not positive we're doing this but we've talked about <laughs> there's a studio in portland oregon that has worked with a ton of bands and you know basically they reamp it all so oh, we send what? them the raw di's we tell them what amps we want it to sound like, and then they actually rig up those amps and basically play the material back through those amps and record that. So we're going to try that out and see how that works. But Superwoke was all digital. Really? Yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. Some water and I it choked. A, it, was a, it was a great, <laughs> it was a great just, sound. I loved it. Just got a little COVID in there. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so Superwoke was all digital. Um, wow. In my other band... Our guitarist Morgan, yeah, he's actually the one who produces both my band's material. Oh, so no way. so he did all the we recorded his little apartment there, and um, and he just really has dived into production and and basically just nerds out and records and tracks a lot of his own solo material as well, and he does an incredible job for super affordable. Yeah, yeah it sounds like, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, we're I'm extremely grateful. He's he's been one of my closest friends for I want to say like 15, 16 years now. Damn, um, that's that's even better. <laughs> yeah, as a it and I've always played music with him since we first met, so he's definitely my right-hand boy. <laughs> that, that's per that's so cool, man. That I love hearing those types of stories. That's it that it makes it so much more enjoyable. Like it makes the bands even more enjoyable then. For sure, yeah, and, and like especially uh, you, you are always playing with your brother, correct? And your yep. band, yep. Yeah. So, how long have you guys been playing music together? Um, uh, for like this band, we've been we just passed like six years. So, like this is for soul the, damage. Yep. Awesome. 
Yeah, and like, and what's crazy is that like this is this is Danny's first band, so like he's never played music ever before this. And oh, gotcha, yeah, yeah. So like this was his first like dive into like the music world and all this stuff. And like, I'm so like it's it's the coolest thing to be like in a band with my twin brother and then my best sure, friend. Yeah, <laughs> that's really sick. I, when I first started playing music, I learned vocals because I couldn't learn an instrument. <laughs> yeah, and my older brother was a guitar player and I just wanted so badly to be in his band. Oh. And, uh, and like, so for a couple of years I was like, I'm doing vocals and they, I'm the younger brother. So they didn't actually believe me. And, and then <laughs> in that time period, I had just graduated. I was, I was homeschooled. So okay. we had, we had just done my graduation ceremony. There was like 10 other homeschooled families or whatever. And they did a little, you know, we, we did the walk with the cap and gown and everything. And yeah. And, uh, while I was there is when I met my best friend Morgan and he was there and his parents basically got up and did this little speech kind of talking about their kid. And yeah. Like, oh yeah. He, he's always wanted to tour and play in, in a metal band. And it's like, Hey, me too. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's so, cool. so that's how we met. And then I just went and talked to him and, and then we started practicing, I say with air quotes, but basically <laughs> There was like a, a local church that was like, yeah, you guys can come play in here if you want. And he had a drum set. And uh, so we would set up drums and I would just sit there and watch him play like August Burns Red covers or Greeley Estates oh, or, you know, all these what? other bands. And I had no clue that anyone could actually play drums like that well. And he here he is sitting there playing August Burns Red. And we're, we're like, I think we were 17, 17 or 18. Damn. So and he's sitting there just blowing it out and uh, a bunch of other bands that no one's ever heard of. But. <laughs> I was just in there and I was just like blown away. And I, I told my older brother, I'm like, you got to see this guy drum. Cause like in the local scene, there's very few active musicians, especially oh. underground, hardcore, punk, metal, yeah. whatever you call it. Like there's, there's very, very few. And here is one of the best drummers I've ever seen. And, and uh, so basically I convinced my older brother to come and watch him play. And then we practiced as a band, just the three of us. We kept trying to get other people to join, but we didn't actually have songs for two years. We had like oh, one. Wow. We had one song that we just kept working on, and like, no, I don't think that's right. We should, you know, change that note, and we just never <laughs> finished it. So that, that <laughs> was our awesome. first band, dude. That's that's so cool, man. So like, so okay, so after that, did you end up like continuing to like play with your brother or anything, or did he? Did you, it was at like the end of that? No, so around. After a few years of trying to to rehearse with him, um, mm -hmm. like he, I just kind of got the sense that he didn't really want to pursue that, and it was something like, since I was thirteen years old, I want to play uh -huh. music like more than anything. It because I being homeschooled and I, I was a very very shy, quiet kid, and I didn't know how to connect to people. So I would okay. you know try to do things to impress them. I, I'd try to run by as fast as I could and. You know, hope that that would make me friends didn't work but <laughs> but they were they were so impressed with my speed <laughs> but uh I, so I, I really didn't know how to communicate or connect to other people and uh but i went to the, a couple of local concerts when i found out that they were happening there was a band called showbread who you know was my first basically the showbread was my first six concerts because they were the only slightly larger band that would actually come and tour through our area that i knew about oh okay. and so I, I found out about this concert and i went to it and i didn't have enough money to get in but the, the venue owner um 
he's basically been a lifelong mentor after I met him there, but uh, he noticed me and, and knew, knew that I didn't have enough money to get into the show. So he's like, Hey, you want to help me out with sound? And like, what basically took me in under his wing to help learn how to run the show. It was a small venue, but it was, it was one of the coolest venues I've been to. Like it's gone now, but uh, it was such a cool spot. It's called the Rev in Ashland, Oregon. And, and basically they were doing shows and kids that couldn't afford it. They, you know, like, Hey, we'll, we'll teach you how to operate the soundboard or how, you know, how to run the door or help sell merch, stuff like that. So That's amazing. going to that, I felt like, you know, I had something I could contribute because I wanted to do something. I didn't want to just be there. And yeah. So he took me in and I saw showbread playing and I was just like, Whoa, this is just the sickest thing I've ever seen. And, and seeing a band with energy and excitement, you know, up until then I had only ever heard about one band called DC talk. And like, for those who don't know, that's like, they're kind of like the end sync of the Christian world. Oh. <laughs> and so like, that was the only band I had ever listened to. And, and then I'm seeing this band, you know, this punk rock screamo band up there in women's pants and, you know, and leggings and eye makeup <laughs> and long hair and painted nails. And I was just like, I want to do that. <laughs> Hell yeah. So a lot of that, you know, that those first shows, seeing that energy and, and the sense of inclusion and community was really what attracted to me, uh, attracted me to a life of music because basically like I, I felt like I belonged, even though no one knew who I was. I felt like, you know, you're in the mosh pit and you're just jumping around, sweating all over each other. And, yeah. and you just kind of feel it's like a sense of camaraderie, like you're both just stoked about this band and, you know, screaming along. And and it, it was the first time that I really felt like like a sense of relief, like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So, so cool, man. So I've just been chasing that first high ever since. Haven't found <laughs> it yet. <laughs> Dude, that that's so cool to hear. Like, see, like I, I've, I, I, I love hearing those types of stories. Like when, when I got into music, I was just like, dude, this is, this is it. Like I, I need to do this for the rest of my life. And like, but like, for sure, like, it's just crazy. Like, I love how like in depth and how, how cool your story is coming up from that, that, that just, that makes, again, like that makes it, makes me listening to your music even more enjoyable just because <laughs> I know that you're in it for all the right reasons. And that, and oh yeah, <laughs> I, I already assumed you were, but like, especially hearing that it's like, oh dude, now like, th like his music's even 10 times better. <laughs> well my favorite uh thing to, to read online is like uh, somebody who's never heard steak sauce mustache yeah you know don't know what what our lyrics are what basically what our performances are our performance is super stupid but <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> the lyrics are probably the only semi-serious thing of our band and it's something that you know i take a lot of pride in and time writing but Heck yeah like the, the lyrics actually are about topics that are very heavy and emotional and and you know stuff that i was going through mentally or, or emotionally and so like reading people online it, it just makes me laugh every time uh, it was actually on lamb goat it was oh, the first yeah. time they they ever mentioned us and it was because we were doing a support tour for a band called the number 12 looks like you who, who was like yeah. a band that we grew up listening to and really looked up to and and uh so they announced this tour and the only description that lamb goat says is so steak sauce mustache, huh? Like, like making fun of our name, which yeah. we were like, Oh sick. They noticed us. Yay. But like something that we've just like lamb goat would eat us up and we would love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, like people were surprisingly like most lamb goat 
topics I've ever seen. People are just like rip into it and like they it's kind of like joining in on the joke. Just everyone makes fun of whatever they're reading. Exactly. And for whatever reason, everyone was so supportive of us. Like they they didn't tear into us. They just like this is the greatest thing ever. And <laughs> what dude? So it, That's it. it just made us laugh. It was like the first positive lamb goat thread we've ever read, and it's about a joke band. So <laughs> it was kind of a missed opportunity. There was <laughs> could have made fun of us for a long time, but uh, but then I just remember reading this one guy. It was like the only one semi even remotely negative comment and it wasn't even yeah. negative it, it was uh the guy said uh oh what did he say he always oh, said like dude i'm listening to steak sauce mustache now and their music's like a really even crazier every time i die and i bet you the lyrics are super stupid <laughs> <laughs> and i was sitting there like ah, maybe <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple songs that they aren't even like recorded songs, but we we try to get the crowd to chant "No more wipey my diapy" over and over, and, <laughs> yeah. and and at that moment we bring out a toilet paper roll that we've attached to a leaf blower, and we just spray the crowd with toilet paper. <laughs> Usually, we have a friend wearing a baby mask, or or if they're brave enough, they'll put on a diaper with me. But, but it's hard to get someone to wear a diaper in front of a you know a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> But that, that's probably our favorite part of the set is get because like then the crowd's screaming it with you. They're like fists up in the air, just so angry <laughs> at the establishment, you know, no more. <laughs> it's a good feeling. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude, I just I love that, man. Like, I love seeing all the pictures of like, yes, that baby in the diaper. <laughs> like, it was just like, dude, and <laughs> just knowing that that goes on is the coolest thing ever <laughs> <laughs> that's true we didn't do that at the that arizona show did we no no was... I, you, you did the pool noodles yeah so we the pool noodles are just a great icebreaker you know, they, <laughs> they they get a crowd of tough looking metal thugs you know because like metal music tends to attract either people who are dealing with heavy emotions or don't know how to deal with them like the a lot of people are dealing with a lot of hurt or baggage or you know just trauma of some kind or they're frustrated at life and and it's like heavy music tends to attract that sense yeah. of mentality but so like honestly like you see a room filled with metal heads you know huge gauges tatted up all wearing mm -hmm. black arms crossed just glaring <laughs> the truth the truth is they're just self-conscious like they're at least that's how i've always felt is like you know you just don't know how to break out and and feel accepted and so you're kind of closing yourself off from everyone because you, you're trying to shelter yourself and shield yourself from what's going on around and and then i think that's my favorite part about steak sauce is the fact that we can get you know 50 year olds or we can get 15 year olds <laughs> to be smiling and engaged and having fun like that that's really like our, our whole band persona when we're playing is kind of like a sadistic egocentric alien is what we it's kind of what I picture it as. It's like, yeah. you know, I'm sitting there commanding the crowd and making fun of them and then like engaging in a way that that makes it just makes them laugh is what I'm trying to do. Like our, our band is all about entertainment and just yeah. making people feel like they're a part of something and they can let loose and be like a kid and have fun again. And like because like that's what got us into music was that energy and that excitement and, and just the sense of joy and inclusion. So we try to. We try to more or less make a mockery of metal for the sake of metal like <laughs> yeah 
if you think about it, metal's a pretty funny, like a, a lot of metal bands or lyrics are about dragons or, or about <laughs> yeah. how their dad left them. There's kind of no in between. <laughs> <laughs> this Dude, song's very... about how my dragon left me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my dragon dad, dude. He, he, sucks. <laughs> he sucks. Drag on it. <laughs> <laughs> dude, like. <laughs> like and that that's what's so cool and like yeah you brought up like like closing yourself off like arms crossed and stuff like i know i do that but like like say there's a the band up on the stage that i like i i actually enjoy but they're not like not as big and like not as many people are moving i'm not gonna go move be the first person to move because i'm nervous (laughs) and for sure (laughs) dude and i hate that and like but with you guys like yes like even the pool noodles when you guys threw them out i was like Okay, now I can hit someone. Like, like, <laughs> like, I, like we, you opened it up. Yeah, like it, at first, people like you know they pick up a noodle and they're kind of smiling. They're just like whacking their friend in the face or whatever. Yeah. And then by the end of the show, are like a lot of the times the crowd is more eccentric than we are. Like, there's guys <laughs> running around like gorillas on the stage, like throwing each other, and or you know we we bring bags of balloons out and people are like shoving as many balloons as they can into their shirts and like bashing into each other <laughs> so it's it's just the funnest thing where like I, we feel like there's just not a lot of like the way i see it there's not a whole lot of joy or you know just excitement in general like people go to metal concerts to kind of vent or release frustration or you know to more or less it's, it's it's a cathartic feeling it's kind of like working out like you, you know a sense of i don't know self-punishment or I, I don't know how to describe it exactly but it's the wrong words to say self-punishment but <laughs> you see these people who they have stuff that they're dealing with and they don't know how and they're just they're burdened yeah and my joy my, my hope is that as a band we can distract them from that and kind of pull out that inner child from them so that they feel free to have fun and and feel free to jump around or be silly with us. And we feel like the, the more we make fun of ourselves, the more that they feel like they can kind of let go of their self inhibitions and, and kind of engage and have a good time. That's, that's the way I see it though. It's, it's kind of different for all of us. Dude, that's so, (laughs) that's so cool. Like it's, I don't, (laughs) dude, that's, I, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm just so like, that's such a cool thing to hear that like, like straight up it's like you are yes you guys are writing awesome music and doing it for yourselves but like you're also like that the entertainment side is like you are doing it for the people and that oh for sure yeah that is such a cool dude that is so i'm so stoked that is so cool man it's like it's kind of like with you guys in your show like i you know i notice all the pictures and the videos you know you guys move your drum set into the crowd or you go into the kitchen or whatever like (laughs) yeah that that sense of just kind of breaking up the normal, it it sets people free, which yeah, like it... a band like the you know bands like the Chariot or you know Showbread, when you'd go to their concert, the first thing Josh says on on that microphone is like "Be free! This stage is your stage. This mic yep. is your mic." And he never does a pit call. He never says, "You know, give me a wall of death." Or yeah, yeah, let's see a circle pit. <laughs> and I, I I personally, as a spectator absolutely hate it when a band is commanding me to entertain them yes so which is funny because with steak sauce i literally do that on purpose (laughs) commanding the crowd to do stupid stuff to make me laugh like but it's out of a sense of like it's out of a sense of comedy or humor where i (laughs) 
our whole goal every single night is entirely different. Every show we're doing something something else that's just stupid out of the box. Like whatever <laughs> some nights like one night I didn't really feel like running around, so I dressed up as like a a jazz beat poet is kind of what I went for, like a, a black turtleneck, a black hat, black glasses. And I rolled up a fake cigarette and I had like a glass that was supposed to be a wine glass, but it was just like a paper cup. And I sat on a stool with the microphone up to me and I'm just kind of breathing heavily in it and making up the dumbest rhymes that I could think of. Like the black cat walks down the street and he's feeling fat, goes back twists around no one hears him when he smacks or type of thing and it was a really small crowd and they didn't they were just like in awe like what is happening because the rest of the band is is sprinting around them with their wireless equipment jumping off of stuff and i'm just sitting on the stool the whole show and then like i I would actually scream the songs like when you know when they're playing but then in between the songs my band would just do 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 no way and and I'm just sitting there like making up stupid poems. It was actually it was like a 10 person crowd at that night. But I felt more nervous about that than I did about like, you know, wearing a diaper. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was just because like forcing yourself to be uncomfortable for the sake of like, I don't know, trying to learn something new or, or experience something new. But our, our band's goal, like every on on tour whole day we're just giggling because we're remembering something stupid that happened at the show the night before that we're like oh man i did this or like seeing this person's reaction just and it, uh, it all kind of comes back to you because in the heat of the moment you're so focused on like you know fitting this character that you're yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're you're performing it's that's the way i would describe it to, like my mom you know when she found out i was wearing diapers or whatever on stage <laughs> <laughs> my mom is wonderful and and she's like she basically didn't know how to respond to that she's like i, I just worry about you <laughs> and the way i describe it is like oh if you go to like a theater you see these people pretending to be characters you know pretending to be this role you know yeah. and that they would do stuff that they would never do in real life or that's whatever true. so so the way I see it is like as a band, we're there to perform and entertain and engage with this crowd. Like it's a service job. You're just like fast food or a restaurant or anything else. Like we, the band is there to serve the crowd. And I feel like a lot of bands have gotten that confused where it's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's like we, we do it for ourselves. Like you, you want to perform, you want to entertain, you want to, you know, get your big band as big as you can or whatever. Like more or less you want to push it as far as you can for like yeah. a personal desire but really it's a service job and the better that you serve the crowd the more they it's like a it's a circle where basically the more that you put them first the more that they actually engage with what you're doing so is that that's the way i've seen it is like with both my bands my other band is not comedic in the least you know it's a very emotionally driven like it's like a progressive metal band kind of like contortionist or silent planet okay but that band is all about like I write songs about very heavy topics and I try to, you know, I, I try to write lyrics and st- stuff that makes people think. Whereas like static sauce is more of an emotional outlet and your hands rate history is more of like a, a head thought kind of outlet where it's oh, stuff okay. that I'm thinking and mulling over. So it, it's a, a lot less of like a personal, this is what I feel right now. And it's much more like, this is what I've been thinking about. And, 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 I might feel this way right now, but 
I know that's not going to last forever type of thing. So that's the best way I could describe it. But yeah, like with both bands, the way I've always viewed it is like the people who are in that room watching, chances are they paid money, which was a stupid choice. Like, (laughs) and they're spending their time, which was even more valuable. That you know, that's something they can't get more of. And it's like they're spending their the most valuable thing that they have to watch you have a good time. Yeah. And, and like, I, I, it's like when a band gets up there and the crowd's not moshing, especially the Pacific Northwest where we live, the crowd yeah. never engages. Like, it doesn't matter if like we played a show with Horse the Band and we had like 10 people up front. There was It was a 500 person room, 500 sold out crowd attendance. The room was packed and the front 10 people were going ham. The other 490 people in this building were just standing there motionless. Like it was, it, it was a really cool show like that. You know, everyone loved it. But the Pacific Northwest people are honestly like I, I feel like they're just so self-conscious or they're afraid of offending that kind of mentality. Like, you know, they're afraid to, to be free because they don't want to be seen as something that's hurtful or harmful to others. So oh, that, may, that makes sense. Yeah. Like a, I think that they're just they're kind of too. They're too stuck up their own butt, honestly. <laughs> a lot of the time, like a, I think that they have good intentions, but they're so self-centered and self self-focused on like how other people see them that they're they're afraid to really have a good time, honestly. Like the, especially Seattle, man. Like oh, there's we've had some good shows in Seattle. We had a show. We've had two shows on a roller rink, so people are rollerblading around the bands in the middle. That's and amazing. They set up this stage. They hang the, c- the cables from the ceiling. And it's like the coolest event ever. It's perfect to just have a good time. It's honestly a, a perfect playground for steak sauce. Yeah, but, for sure. But even then, like there's all these people all decked out and all black, you know, made sure that they look as crusty as possible. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like they, they purpose the, the way that I describe it is like they try to they try to show their sorrow on their clothing (laughs) (laughs) and like they're trying to look as miserable as possible but like there's some wonderful lovely people up there but like the the whole seattle market never moves it's like all of our friends who drove hours away to come to the the roller rink and like they're engaged throwing noodles having a good time but everyone from seattle is just so afraid to do anything they just stand there (laughs) weird but it's, it's how it goes like some shows are they like texas holy crap they uh they scared us when we were playing because they were so <laughs> wild <laughs> that's like, we, so cool our, our one of our only local venues right now it's the back storage room of a small chinese restaurant and <laughs> yeah. like a, no joke it's it's not the best <laughs> environment whatsoever <laughs> like uh there's two speakers they're both blown out the way oh, the room damn. is set up the crowd has to walk through the band playing to get to like this the well there's a stage what would you call the opposite of a stage <laughs> where the crowd is i don't know what that's called um uh, it would be a it would be a pit if they were pitting but yeah. you know <laughs> the floor i guess there we go yeah <laughs> and then there's like all these booths for people to sit down and eat and so it's like the room is just wide enough that like two people can stand shoulder to shoulder. And then you got a row of like 10 people of, well, 10 sets of two people. So you, you can fit about, you know, 30 people in there before the room is just too full. Oh um, my God. Yeah. Like in order to get to that 
the the pit or whatever the the people have to wait for the band to finish playing a song so that they can walk onto the little it's like a, a foot tall stage they walk yeah. across that to get to where the people are standing <laughs> <laughs> oh my but, gosh so like with that being our our local show environment it, it's great like we've we got a lot of friends here um but like when we get to go anywhere else and the fact that there's complete strangers there who who more than likely spent money to come out to that show yeah like that blows my mind it's like how <laughs> it's like when we went to texas people were hanging off the rafters jumping on stage throwing us into the crowd what and on top of that like we had never been to that part of texas before and there was 10 people all singing along like the, they what? knew the words to my songs and it was the first time i've really seen like I, i've occasionally seen like one or two people who know a couple of the lines but yeah. that show is a whole group of 10 people hanging on the rafters trying to grab the mic and scream the words and I'm like this is crazy like who does that <laughs> who <laughs> you kind of like i i did that for other bands you know that i idolized or, or like yeah. you memorize every line you know everything about the band you do all the research or whatever but like you never actually expect that to happen to your band and oh yeah and so like to steak sauce is just at that point where we're starting to like if we go to florida people come out to see us in florida even though it's completely cross country and like we had one couple that drove 10 hours to come to a show in florida because it was the closest show and like what? That, that absolutely blew my mind and they're like oh yeah it was totally worth it we're just gonna stay here tonight we're gonna get a hotel but we wanted to see you guys and like that Oh, utterly geez. blew my mind like you never expect to actually make it to that point you always have ambitions or goals but you, you never actually expect to have somebody travel to see you you're like you're so used to begging your friends like please come out <laughs> i know you came out to the last two but please come out to this one too <laughs> and so <laughs> to, to be finally kind of reaching that cusp where it's like hey this is working we've been doing it yeah i think steak sauce I think it's my sixth year anniversary of joining the band this august i want to say yeah so and like that's before then like they they practiced and like played maybe two shows a year type of thing oh and it, was, okay. it was very 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 different band back then okay and then my first band or my technically second band but my first actual band that played shows had just broken up after five years and like going through like 15 guitar players there's no one wanted to stick Jeez. around and like I was pretty bummed and you know just depressed at that time because like it was the thing that I poured everything in my life into and yeah and then finally having to just admit like this is dead like I need to move on um and Damn. then like a, a couple weeks later I got this random phone call from a number I didn't recognize and I had never talked to our guitarist Brett um I yeah. had never talked to him in my life I saw one of his shows like this is sick it's look kind of like Dillinger Escape Plan yeah and you know, so like I, I admired what they did. They only ever, ever played two shows, and I went to both of them. Oh, heck and, yeah! Uh, and like I get this random phone call, and I was like, uh, just about to head to work, and Brett calls me up and says, "Hey, this is Brett," and I didn't know who who Brett was. <laughs> and so, hey, this is Brett. So, uh, so yeah, like I remember that I saw you, and like I, I liked, I didn't really like your vocals, but I liked your energy, and. Uh, <laughs> I was curious like if if you'd be down to oh well we have a show in like three days and i was curious if you wanted to play that show i was like what? oh i was like oh well 
who is this? <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> no this way. Brett from Steak Sauce Mustache. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, I'd be super down. Like my, but my band's broken up, so we can't play it. He's like, oh no, we need a vocalist. <laughs> what? Like, oh, oh. And uh, apparently their vocalist at the time just disappeared that week. Like they had no word, couldn't get a hold of him. And they were like, well, we're doing this show. So <laughs> let's call Taylor. So no way. I asked Brett, uh, I was like, yeah, like I, I'd be stoked to play with you guys. That'd be fun. Uh, do you guys have any lyrics or any recordings or anything so I can learn the songs? And and he said, oh, I think there's some crappy YouTube videos up. <laughs> and what? they had like they had like a few of the songs live videos with the worst audio possible because this is six years ago. So like, yeah, phones couldn't record for crap and just <laughs> completely distorted. Just <laughs> <laughs> and and I said, okay, well, do you have any lyrics? And he said, no, I don't really know what they are. You can just write new ones. What? <laughs> so, and then he sent me, I think he, there was three or four songs that he had um, some rough demos recorded of with their, their original, I think it was actually their third vocalist at the time. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, so they, he sent me some of those, but I couldn't understand the words because the recordings weren't the best. So yeah. I, I took what lines I could gather and I liked some of the materials actually pretty cool. And, um, and then I just filled in the blanks and I wrote six songs in three days, never rehearsed with them. We met up for 10 minutes before the show and like really quickly played through like two or three of the songs. And then we had to get to the show and we got there, waited for hours. And there, I think there was maybe somewhere around four to eight people that showed up. Yeah. <laughs> including, wow. including the staff at the bar. <laughs> oh, damn. Like, not even the other bar, the, the other bands that were supposed to play had shown up yet. And uh, so like at 11 o'clock on a Thursday night or something, and we played for four people and, and no looking back. <laughs> no way, that, dude, that's such a crazy story. It was, it was the, I don't know. Like I, I've heard some pretty crazy stories about bands, how they started. But for me, it was just like, I can't believe that it happened like that and that we're still playing together six years later <laughs> yeah that's ridiculous dude like we especially Damn. having never rehearsed with them then like i was so nervous and i just get up there and i'm running and jumping off of stuff being wild or whatever but it, it was a very different band even a few years later from what it is now like right oh, wow. now we, we've learned to we've leaned very heavily into the, like the humor and having fun. Yeah. Whereas the first few years I was playing with them, um, it was still eccentric and silly, but it was way more like intense kind of eccentric. Okay. We, we were trying to be like Dillinger skate plan or the chariot or whatever, like just as wild and thrashy as possible, just jumping and smashing stuff, hurting ourselves. And, and uh, at least around here like no one really understood what we were trying to do they they didn't connect with it like they they liked it but from afar yeah. and the, the crowd would always horseshoe is, is what we would say oh, like yep yep yeah like completely against the walls and so we're just running and trying to fill the space but, like, <laughs> everyone perfect. would just everyone was just kind of shocked like they didn't know how to like i can't mosh to this it's too mathy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, and like especially that was like you know the <laughs> the ending wave of the 2000 like the devil wars prada slash attack attack metalcore so like a lot of the yeah. bands around here that's what they were doing or or kind of okay, deathcore okay. kind of deathcore bands like i declare war were were pretty popular around here okay but, and there's us these oddballs who were like 
Yeah, like we 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 just we were very different, and so we'd be thrashing and smashing stuff. And and the other bands always really liked us, but the crowds yeah. just didn't know how to respond. So, <laughs> and like people wouldn't come back to the next show. That it's like they're like, yeah, that was sick, but then they would never come back. So, but once we started having more fun with what we were doing and and really adopting, like the way I describe it is we, it was our first show playing at that Chinese restaurant in the back yeah. room and that's the show that steak sauce mustache broke and ever since then we just have really enjoyed that because like it was the worst show we've ever played it was supposed to start at nine it did not start no joke until two in the morning on a thursday night how and like and <laughs> it's the place was run very very poorly <laughs> back <laughs> yeah, then it like was it. It was so bad. We had a few people that showed up to see us, and like it was like a last minute show that we were doing as a favor for a promoter for, from up in Portland. He basically okay. told us, like, "Hey, if you guys play this show, I'll get you a show in Portland years later or whatever." And oh, okay. And we hadn't t- tapped into and that's the closest big city we have, about five hours away, and so we were like, "Oh, that'd be sick." Um, so we take this show. It's absolutely miserable. The first <laughs> band that that was playing, it was oh, they were so bad. Like we, we <laughs> I don't like to trash talk on local bands because it's like we we were garbage when we started, but like this band was so bad, and <laughs> and like the, it was the kind of thing they showed up super late, they set up their amps, they play a whole song as a sound check, and then they oh, put their damn. guitars down and they leave the feedback just like screaming in the room and like okay we're gonna go smoke and take a drink and they go outside to smoke for 15 minutes while the amp is just what (laughs) and and it it was just so so eventually i got frustrated and i went over and i hit the clean channel on the amp to get rid of the feedback because i was trying to talk to the two people that were were there yeah and and he come the band comes back in they start to play their set and he's like who puts a metal amp on a clean channel at a metal show? <laughs> he was like, he was so upset that somebody had clicked it. <laughs> That's and, awesome. And there was a touring band from Portland and the promoter actually came down with them. He he was, they were going to play. It, I don't remember what the event was called, but it was one of those really huge metal festivals that travels. It was, you know, kind of like warp tour type of deal, but it was all metal bands. Oh, okay. Like, so, Summer Slaughter or something like that, or, Oh, one, okay. of, yeah, one yeah. of those one of those events but basically the band was opening for them in a 10-hour you know south in california and uh so the the promoter was just going with him for kicks so we got to meet him in person he's a cool dude he down the road like it's a great uh, i'll finish my story first but yeah <laughs> basically like at that show it was so miserable and so frustrating the sound guy kept turning off the microphone because he thought it was feedbacking but it was just the guitar amps because the room was so small oh wow and he kept turning off the mic and i was just like i can't even use the microphone so i just took my shoe and i was screaming yeah. in my shoe instead like for three <laughs> songs it's like you know crawling between people's legs and like you know, making them do silly dances like monkey dancing around the the other bands that were there and heck yeah and and the, like after that show it was such a cathartic release of like that was actually fun why don't we do that every show yeah <laughs> and we realized as a band it's like we liked being stupid <laughs> that's so cool and and so because of that that's the show that steak sauce broke. And then ever since then, we just have been getting dumber and dumber and dumber. And like, <laughs> our, 
we try to just come up with as many stupid gimmicks or whatever, more or less for our own entertainment. Because like the next day we want to just laugh about what we did. <laughs> Dude, that's, like, what, what, that's so cool. What we tricked people into paying to watch us do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, I see a lot of that with what Cell Damage does. Like you guys have a very engaging performance where you, you try to bring the crowd in and you draw them in. And, and like I remember watching you guys in Arizona. It's like, yeah. it, it was reminiscent of the chariot, but it was its oh, kind cool. of its own thing. Like, you know, obviously love the chariot, R.I.P. But, yes. but like yeah. a lot of bands, they try to be the chariot, but they don't understand what the chariot actually is. Yes. And like it, it really is like an art form. And it so like in watching you guys, you guys have that same a very similar spirit to that where. It's like you're being wild and crazy and thrashy, but you're having fun. And like the, yeah. the core, the core heart of it is like you you see you guys smiling and you know you're rolling around and smashing, you know, swinging your amps, your guitars around and moving the drums and putting them in the crowd and playing in the crowd. Like like you guys are just trying to have fun. And like the more fun you guys are having, the more fun the crowd's having. Whereas a lot of bands are kind of have that egocentric kind of god complex type of thing where it's like i'm a metal god <laughs> bow down <laughs> <laughs> and, and like their mom is in there like Woo, i love you <laughs> but uh but yeah like a, and watching you guys like you guys definitely have that core heart which is joy or you know excitement and happiness and like a lot of people i think that they need that especially right now like there's there's just so many it's very easy to look out what's happening in our society or in our world as a whole you yeah. start to feel i don't know how everyone else feels but i get the sense of it's like a guilt complex where i feel guilty about all this stuff that has nothing to do with me and i feel like i need to deal with these issues and you know i need to make a stance or i need to join the causes but yeah. i don't actually feel like i can do anything or contribute so then i feel like you, you kind of feel stuck and and you don't know how to contribute in a healthy way to to help these people. You know, you see injustice happening or you see a lot of other people who are more or less triggered by every single thing possible. And, and they expect exactly. the world to bend to their knee to to kind of appeal to their feelings or whatever. And and it's like in life, we were never promised anything of equality or, you know, we were never promised a fair chance. And I don't think people quite understand that where it's like life itself is a gift like it's not it's not necessarily easy yeah but like the fact that we're alive like that's a straight up a miracle like <laughs> anybody else could have been born or be in existence but each of us are and to me that's a pretty cool i don't know i'm kind of going on a rabbit trail but i i think that life is a beautiful gift that is really fun to share and experience so I hope that through our music, if anything, like I can make a small difference and make some 13 year old feel like how I felt going to shows and feeling like I belonged or that, you know, that there was something more than myself to to pour myself into. I don't know. Dude. No, that, that's amazing. Just because like, like, like I, 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 I always like when you brought like my band up, like I hate going back to it, but like. Like that's exactly do like, it, dude. what we Take were doing. What you do. like, yeah. Yeah, dude. I do dude. Like I like I've said it to like everyone. Like like whenever I talk to like Danny and Riley, I'm always like, 
okay, who's like, I don't believe anyone that likes my band because who's going to love something (laughs) as much as I love it. Like it blows my mind. And so like, like, yeah, like you and like, I love like, seriously, thank you for noticing what we were doing. Like, that's exactly how we feel. And like, that's, oh, dude, seriously, that means so much to me because like, that's exactly why we're doing it. Like we're having fun, but like, we're doing it because it's, it's like, yes, it's exactly what we want to do. But like knowing that like people are enjoying it, like we like to put on a show, of course, like when we saw you guys were like, damn, like <laughs> we need to like step it up. But like, like, I, I forgot, did we, did we play before you guys or after you guys? I think I, after I'm pretty, yeah, yeah. After. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, no joke. I'm not saying this as a, an ego or pride thing. Yeah. I feel so, so bad for any band that has to play after us <laughs> dude like, dude yeah it's a lot of the times like you know these these bands who don't know better they're like oh well like we want to play last we want a headline and like hey like that's totally cool if you guys want to do that especially when we're touring they've never heard of us they're yeah like, oh we, we want a headline which to me like there's no such thing as headline it's like you're doing a favor by playing last <laughs> seriously <laughs> Because people want to go to bed after, as I said, two or three bands, people get tired. Oh, hell yeah. But <laughs> you can only get, you know, screamed at and and uh, have amps feedbacking and drums smashing in your ears for so long before it starts yeah. to wear you out. <laughs> <laughs> like, even me, like, I love hardcore. I love metal music. And even then, I get exhausted really qu- quick oh, from it. Oh, heck so. yeah. <laughs> but, like, I try to make it a point everywhere we, we go to at least catch a few of the songs of every single local band and then yep. go and talk to them about what I saw, you know, try to give oh, them feedback. Cool. Cause, cause I, I've, that's something that I, I was always curious, like, how can we get better? How, what are we doing wrong? Yeah. And bands never really shared that with us. Most touring bands, they don't watch like uh, no joke. Most touring bands do not watch any of the local bands. Yeah, you might have a like the usually the merch guys in there because he has to be, but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've played with so many bands that I was like stoked to, to open for them and hoping that they would notice. And they yeah. were outside, or they you know they were just out in the van or eating or something like that. And it's not any fault of theirs. It's it's exhausting being on the road. For, you know, you're you drove ten hours. You're not with anyone. You know, your friends and family. You're yeah. just stuck on your phone all day, and you're eating garbage. You're sleeping like complete trash and it's like <laughs> it, it's a hard life and so yeah. you kind of have to find moments to relax when you can and usually that's at a venue when you can just sit down and you know lay down or something or, or eat something or just look at the internet and and so a lot of bands they're too exhausted to engage with what's happening you know they're, they're more or less get up perform and then they're just tired but exactly for me I'm so grateful for every freaking single person that's in that crowd. It's like the fact that they're there, whether it's one person or a hundred people, the fact that they're there, they don't owe me anything. And so the yeah. fact that they're there, I want to give them everything I have to make it feel like it was worthwhile. I, I want them to leave the show having at least something stupid to remember to, you know, laugh <laughs> at, or, you know, maybe something if they ever read the lyrics and maybe they'll like, man, that actually connected with me or whatever. So I feel like it's my job to pour out every single ounce of energy I have for their sake, because like, I'm grateful and I, I totally forgot where this was coming from, but 
like where the, dude, the beginning started but <laughs> dude uh, dude honestly i don't remember either but it was perfect <laughs> that's what it was like it was because i that's why I, w- I was watching you guys. Like I, I didn't know who was local or not, but I, I watched every single band that played that night. Even though it was a twelve yeah. band bill, we had been on the road for three weeks. Like, damn. I, I try to get in it just because I know as a band, even one person can make the difference. Yeah, of a, conne- a connection or a friendship that builds. Like, so this goes all the way back to that the show that Steak Sauce Mustache broke. Yeah, that promoter. He goes by King Banana. He's a really cool dude. <laughs> yeah, he's the king of all bananas, bro. <laughs> but, oh, damn. Okay. So, like, a, I want to <laughs> say, like, a, a year a year or two later, number 12 looks like you uh-huh. announced their reunion, their first tour in 10 years. And that they were playing in Portland. And our, our drummer, especially, is just a diehard number 12 fan. It was just oh, one, one of his favorite bands in the scene or whatever. And so I started asking Jeff, like, yo, you, you promised you'd give us a show. Can we please play that one? And we yeah. were at the time, complete nobodies. We had only played like two out of town shows and they were complete busts. Like, so, <laughs> so wisely, he was very like, I don't think so. Like, I don't think you guys are going to have any draw here. And like, please, we will do anything. We will buy tickets ourselves. Like, we'll, we'll do whatever it takes. It's like, I just need, yeah. I really got to make sure the show's profitable. Because you know, promoters, a lot of people get mad at them for, you know, having bands sell tickets or whatever. But it's like, they are putting a lot of money at risk for the, Yeah. usually they're not making much money, per, like not much profit. Jeff was making a, a living at it, but he was doing shows almost every night for 10 years. So, wow. Like for him, it's a, he's got to make sure he, he reaches his bottom dollar and he's got to make sure that that band gets paid, you know, these bigger yeah, bands, he, especially. So for him, he was like, I don't know. But so I, I did a stupid tactic, but I posted and like, Hey friends, we are desperately wanting to play this show. Could you go to the, the event page and just tag Steak Sauce Mustache wants to play? Because like that, well, Jeff asked like, what local bands want to play the show? Yeah, and so uh, we ended up getting like over a hundred people went no to that way. thread, and they're like Steak Sauce Mustache, and most of these people don't even go to our shows, but no way. <laughs> but the, you know, they commented it, and Jeff was like, "Does any?" Like, how many of you will actually buy a ticket that have commented this? <laughs> and they're all quiet, of course. <laughs> but I kept begging and like, we will do whatever it takes. We'll make videos. We'll do live streams. Like, we'll just promote the show as much as possible. So he finally said, okay, uh, like, you guys did that show for me. I'm going to give you a chance. And so we did everything no we way. could. I think we only sold, like, we were from five hours away. And we had sold 14 tickets for sure. That uh-huh. we had money in hand for, and then we had another like eighteen people who were gonna meet us at the venue to purchase their ticket right before, because like we yeah. had to go meet them. Yeah, and then the biggest snowfall in the last like thirty years oh, of Portland. No way it hits, and it's like three feet of snow in a day. Which Pacific Northwest, honestly, we don't get a lot of snow. Yeah. Um, it's like maybe a foot each year, like maybe. Uh, but Portland especially doesn't get any snow and they just got whomped with snow. And so the morning of, we're like looking at the, the weather cast. We're like, oh man, is the show even happening? Like everything else is shutting down. The freeways are shut down. And we started driving and it's normally like a fa- five hour drive tops. Yeah. It ended up being a nine hour drive, like with what? chains going. <laughs> and it was the only show out of like, I think it was like a hundred, 
plus shows in Portland that day. It was the only show that still stayed on. No way. Because uh, number 12 is all from New York. So they're like, this isn't snow. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so we got there, no joke, the minute we're supposed to be playing. So we're like running in, throwing our gear down, setting up. And we ended up playing the show. None of the people who were going to buy tickets at the door ended up showing up. So like we only oh, had four, bummer. four. We were supposed to hit 20 minimum and we only hit 14. So then we paid for the rest out of pocket. But okay. it was because of that show that we met the guys in the number 12 looks like you it was it ended up being no way it ended up being the smallest show of their tour i I believe because of the snow so like just no one could make it to the show but there were still probably 40 people there that's good that's pretty good their drummer um michael cadner he came out and watched us perform and he saw what steak sauce was doing and this is this is before we had really like found our groove but we were we were being silly. We're wearing stupid outfits. We're, you know, I think we had balloons or something. And he was just laughing and loving it. So he grabbed the bass player and brought out DJ. And, and so they're sitting there watching us. I don't know if the other guys saw it, but, but like they just loved it. So after we played, like they both came and like just wanted to talk to us and like, hey, no so... way. Oh, dude. And I, I believe it was Stolas was on the tour with them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they basically told us, hey, we don't know if you guys are able to, but do you want to play the next five shows of this tour? Because Stolas had dropped off the tour. And so like, you know, there's a spot. No <laughs> and, way. And we were just like, so, so torn, like a uh, number one, like just blown away. Like the fact that they, this band that we admired for years was asking us to tour with them for a few days. Yeah. And like we, we didn't have a good vehicle for it at the time. And we all had work the next day, you know, five hours back South and, and so we, and then I, my other band was also playing a show the next day, like a benefit show thing. And so we were, we were just so torn because, like, oh, this is literally like an opportunity like this does not ever come around. And here it is. And we can't yeah. take it. Like, we were so, so torn. And, um, but, um, we're so grateful because for years later, Michael Kadner stayed in touch with us and he's now, he has a label called Silent Pendulum Records, oh, which is okay. literally he's just helping his homies put out their albums, which he, he's just the greatest guy. And I do a lot of design work for him now for a lot of the releases he's doing. And and we stayed in touch and we ended up signing to his small label. And we've re- we released Super Woke through that label and he helped us put it out on vinyl. And uh, yeah. we ended up just building this friendship with him. And then since we were now a a silent pendulum records band and at the same like years later very similar circumstances we met a homie years later an opportunity came up and it was just because we made friends with this guy at a show where there was no one there it was just just the promoter of the show we, we made friends with him he ended up signing to um uh artery global and oh, okay. he he kept telling us like in a year, I can take bands that you know I like. I can be their booking agent, and we didn't think he was serious. We were like, "Oh yeah, yeah, sure." Like, you know, if, if that works out, that's cool. But whatever. And yeah. then a year later, he hits us up. It's like, "Yo, I can work with bands. I want to work with you guys." <laughs> so no way. We ended up very, very briefly signing to Artery Global. Um, things didn't work out. He he decided to step away from Artery Global. Uh, within okay. that within that month period that he was working there and and we worked with him 
he pitched us for the number 12 looks like use album release tour on the it was all uh out to florida and then across the, the southern and some of the central u.s wow and so he being ardry global number 12 is an ardry global band he was able to convince the other the the guy booking the actual tour to give us a chance and since michael cadner was the drummer of number 12 is our label he also was pitching us and so basically they like you got to take this band like let let them do the support on it no and number 12 way. basically advocated that we would open this tour with you know come on the road with them and so they've just given us these huge opportunities and it all traces back if you connect the dots it all traces back to the, literally the crappiest show that steaks house had ever had <laughs> and, and it's just it's, it's just so funny to look back and realize like even at the absolute worst shows where i was just emotionally it's the only show i was frustrated like i've had oh, moments no of frustration but that show i was like this is this is a joke like why are we even here type of thing no it's wow. like two in the morning what's going on and yeah but it's just so funny that a lot of the times you don't really realize it's like a you know you throw a stone in the water and you don't realize the ripples until a long time later and just because we made a complete fool of ourselves and just started having fun at that show we met king banana and then years later we <laughs> convinced him to give us a show in portland with number 12 and then we you know, performed our guts out at a miserable show. And we didn't even know if we were going to make it because of the snow. And then yeah. we met Michael Kadner. And then Michael Kadner talks with us and builds a friendship up. Years later, we signed to his label. Years That's later, we end up getting that tour with him just because of that miserable show that we did. If we hadn't have done that show, <laughs> none of it would have happened. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. That's insane, dude. Like, to know that, uh, like, like, yeah, dude, connecting all those dots, that's it. <laughs> dude, it's a... It, dumb long tail but for me it, it just blows my mind it's like i don't think a lot of pan like i've always heard the saying most people give up right before they actually succeed yeah and sometimes you just get bogged down and you feel beat up and it, like it was honestly the first three years that i was in steak sauce every show i would just have this my my gut would just sink and i just didn't know it was just kind of like a moment where you're like of dread and you're just okay. kind of like, well, here we go. Like it, I, I, I didn't feel excitement or it was just a, like emotionally back and forth. I didn't know if I wanted to continue doing this project or what. Um, I was just kind of doing it cause I wanted to have a band to play with and yeah. And, and I honestly didn't get along with one of our members. We just kept button heads for so long and I was so frustrated and, and but I'm so grateful that I, you know, that I stuck with that hardship because now that member is one of my best friends ever. Like I get along with him so well now. And it, it just took a few years of us trying to learn how to get along and like how each other work. And we just kept button heads. But eventually, like it, there's actually a verse in the Bible that talks about how iron sharpens iron. And oh, okay. it, it's talking about how basically like two slabs of metal you have to kind of bash against each other and rub your edges to get polished. And, and so for me that I look at that, you know, that it's a verse, but like, it, it really ties to me with, with that guy. And it's like, we're super tight friends now. And it's honestly, it's because we, we polished each other and we made each other better people through our frustration. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so awesome, man. Yeah. I'm grateful, but sorry. I I'm kind of just vomiting out thoughts, but. 
no keep vomiting dude i'm down like it's it's so cool to hear like like that story is like ridiculous like i i don't know like i to, <laughs> i don't know just because like i love how it started and how it's ending up right now it's just it's nuts yeah dude like sometimes you got to plant seeds and just keep watering and and it takes a while for something to grow but like some of my best friendships came from kind of the more awkward situations that steak sauce has been in so <laughs> how, how about with cell damage you guys have any crazy stories about like the shows that were complete busts um all of no i'm just kidding like i like <laughs> I, dude um i i, know I almost we... peed water on my computer <laughs> <laughs> um like complete bust like yeah we've we've definitely like we've played like bar shows and stuff that like like a couple people come up to like or are, are, are like it goes bad but like the thing is like no matter what even if it's bad bad like show wise like we're always still stoked because like well like riley the our, my guitarist will just be like oh did you mess that part up or did i like, uh, what, like, <laughs> yeah. like and we're like i don't know but it was still cool like <laughs> we're we're very like I don't know like we do have bad shows but i can't ever think of them just because like i'm always like stoked that we we just played though like yeah and for sure so yeah i know we've had bad shows and like i know people like dude my favorite thing to say is like when we like around probably like probably like three years ago like people used to like not really like know what we were doing which i get and um yeah it would come up it, to it takes a while for people to to kind of click with it like they yeah. They need some time to digest what's happening when it's new, especially when it's abrasive and wild. Like they, oh yeah, oh yeah, they, they kind of need a moment to like. Did I like that? I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> That's how the first time I heard the chariot, I hated it. Like the, Damn. I, I probably listened. I, I, my older brother kind of liked him when they first started because because of Norma Jean and Josh Goggin starting his new project, the chariot, and. uh so he had one of their albums and I was like, oh, the feedback is so annoying. Like, why do they keep doing that? Like, I hate that sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even further back, the first time I heard screaming music, I laughed. I was like, you can't understand this. This is so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is it's like the least metal band ever. It's Demon Hunter. Like, <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, and like his vocals, you can totally understand him. But at the moment, I was like, who listens to this? This is a joke. And then exactly. <laughs> And then now here I am, you know, 15 years, I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, dude. Like, it's so true. Like, when I first heard screaming music, I was just like, what? Wh I was terrified. I was like, what the heck yeah. is it? Why are you screaming? Like, yeah, why are you so angry? It's because yeah, my dad dude. left me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my dragon, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my dragon left me. <laughs> But dude, like it's so true. Like it's it it does take a t a while, and like people used to come up to Riley and be like, "Dude, you guys are crazy," and Riley'd be like, "Yeah, yeah. but like, how was the show?" And he'd be like, "You guys are crazy," and he'd be like, "Yeah, but but how was the show?" And he'd be like, "You guys are crazy." Pat him on the back and walk away. And yeah. and I was just like, "Well, he did he ever answer?" And he was like, "No." And I was like, "Damn it, dude!" Like <laughs> like that happened a lot to him, and I loved that. Like it was just yeah. So, so like that's that's the m one thing like they're always like yeah you guys are crazy and like the drum set and all that stuff and I'm like yeah but like how was the show <laughs> yeah like how, how can we get better at what we're doing yeah, exactly. I feel like that's something that like a, a a lot of bands it's actually something I really hate that 
bands do because it, it's yeah. it's honestly like you're burying your soul you're up there performing as hard as you can trying to do a good job and, and if mm-hmm. you mess up one time you're so fixated like i messed up and it's just stuck in your head and you feel like the whole night you're like man i messed up yeah and and nothing is more frustrating than when you see a band and you're like wow i really connect with this like i, I like this and you go up and like, man, I really enjoyed what you guys were doing. And they're like, oh, like, I played like shit or whatever. And like, they, <laughs> yeah. they instantly start discrediting. It, it makes you kind of feel like, oh, well, sorry for me for thinking that I liked you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I feel like that's one of the things you really have to overcome it. You know, as a as a a creative individual trying to create music, you're, you're trying to do something that connects with people like that's why we play shows is to show people and hopefully connect with them and i feel like a lot of people they uh they need to learn how to take a compliment yes because that's i had to because like there were so many times i would mess up and like you know they would somebody would say like that was so cool and i would just be like beating myself up because like dang it i totally messed up that that verse or whatever and and I somebody had told me like just learn to say thank you like don't have any follow up or rebuttal don't don't discredit what they're saying just like learn to say thank you that means a lot thank you <laughs> and yeah so now I never point out to people that we mess up other than my other bandmates like and we kind of make fun of it now but of course but like especially when somebody's excited about what what you're doing and it meant something to them like you don't want to you don't want to make them feel guilty for liking it as kind of the way I would say it. Like you want them to, you don't want to tarnish their experience with your bad feeling of you exactly. know, how you performed. <laughs> That's so true, dude. Like I never I thought about that. I don't think that there's ever been a show where I didn't mess up at least once. Oh yeah. Same here. Like I, I mess up constant, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude. Like, but like, that's so my cool. whole life is a mistake yeah dude my dad <laughs> left me dude like, my uh, dragon yeah <laughs> dude like that's uh, it's it's so funny because like usually like like i usually ask people on on, on here like hey what's your b- best and worst show and like i already got your worst one like, like oh that, yeah that's perfect <laughs> but like dude like wh- so since i already got that what has been your best show that you have played well that's difficult because every show has something stupid about it that I love. <laughs> That's very true. Um, this is it was our first Steak Sauce, uh, uh, our first album release. We have an album called The Almighty Aardvark to Malark, which <laughs> nobody really knows about that one because we don't really promote it ever because I think we spent $12 to record it. And that was no to, buy, way. to buy some speakers from Walmart. Like that was the the budget <laughs> no way like some really crappy little 12 dollar speakers and we didn't know how to like we we self record and produce that one it was you know six years ago first year i joined the band yeah i've recorded all the vocals literally one sitting in a 10 hour period just song Whoa. after song and my head was exploding with pain just because like i just had such a massive headache but we wanted to get it done Damn. and then our follow-up album eat what we kill for you yeah uh, our, we recorded that with a buddy and he convinced me he's like you you could do it again <laughs> and, 
And so I foolishly was like, okay, I will try to get as many songs done. And we ended up doing two days for that album, but I still regret that. Cause like, there were so many things that I wanted to, like, I didn't feel good about that take or whatever. And I, I like to really piece together my ideas. And then oh, okay. super woke was much more self-produced with my buddy Morgan. And, um, and he he just lets me have complete free reign to like redo it as much as I want. So I, I recorded that. that with him and he would more or less would hit record or stop for me. Um and just let me keep trying something until I click and like, yeah, I liked that take or whatever. And um then now I just since I've learned how to use the software, I just do it all at home. Oh That's but perfect. But our first album, The Almighty Ardvark to Malark. <laughs> we uh we're doing our album release show the whole show it was a cool show a lot of people came out it was you know a different scene back then where yeah. people would really show up to local shows it's it's kind of dwindled since then but uh but a lot of people showed up and this is before steak sauce broke so oh, oh wow okay but uh, we would still be very wild and crazy uh, everyone would always tell me like you're like jason butler from let live and like i've never heard of that okay <laughs> and like I had a similar haircut or something like that, similar haircut and beard, and and I was just rowdy, so they they thought they compared, which I see now as a huge honor because J- Jason Butler is amazing. I just yeah, never heard of him yeah. at the time. Yeah, <laughs> it was because of that that I looked him up and like, yeah, that's cool. That, but, that's uh, awesome. So at that show, I came up with this idea. I didn't even tell my bandmates, but I bought a couple boxes of cookies, like the, those <laughs> those plastic trays from walmart you know they have oh, yep. like 30, 30 cookies in a big circle or whatever yep and there was a spot in a song where i was like we could totally get like a wall of death or something right there for starting that song <laughs> and I, I would always mess with the crowd like make them do like chicken fights and stuff like or like <laughs> what, what's it called the wheelbarrow race when you'd hold oh, their yeah. legs and i would i would get a crowd of people to do that as a race across the floor or whatever stuff like that and <laughs> no way. and so i got the wall split and they're all ready for the wall of death and my bandmates are you know jun, 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 you know build, building it up classic fashion and yeah i get them separated and then i bring out the platters of cookies and i put them down in the middle of the floor and then uh, <laughs> the song kicks in and i just scream like feast my children and <laughs> And, <laughs> no way so i i don't want to blow out the numbers larger than you know, my fish was this big but I, I think there was roughly 60 to 80 people at that show and so Damn. it's like 40 people on one side 40 people on the other and they just i expected them to like run to the middle and grab the cookies and then like run away yeah they they just dogpiled like laying down there's a mosh pit of people on top of each other on the ground like 60 to 80 people just writhing and they're not eating the cookies. They're just crumbling them and throwing them everywhere. No and way. What's so funny, it was a community center that we rented out. And Yo, right at that, wow. mo- at that moment, the owner, they had stepped outside to like breathe. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't used yeah, to the hardcore course. music. And they walked in. <laughs> so they stepped outside for like a minute. They came back in and there's literally cookies and bodies everywhere all over the floor. <laughs> And they just got so wide-eyed and like so angry. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I ran and I just dove like on top of the bodies. They they hit the floor. I I let those bodies hit the floor. And, <laughs> and I just I ran and dived head first. And then I turned onto my back and I'm still screaming. And I didn't have a wireless microphone, so like the cable was just caught up in people's feet. Oh nice. And then one of these other kids at the show, 
he runs and he dives on top of me like his legs are going above my head and his knee <laughs> ashes into the microphone that I'm holding and I have a massive chip in one of my teeth and it's because of that show. <laughs> what? So it's a little memento. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so he just rammed the mic straight into my teeth and I was like, oof. <laughs> but that, that show was pretty special. And then like a, the biggest like I would say like the most successful show we've ever had was that uh like horse the band just did three west coast shows yeah and, yeah and we got offered the show and we're like yeah how many tickets do we have to sell and like oh you know 20 if you can and then literally like a minute later oh actually you don't have to sell any tickets the show sold out <laughs> what? Oh, dude, like, no way the, the day of the announcement it sold out and that was a 500 capacity that place was packed and it was that is so cool that was a funny show too because like a <laughs> i i, I impromptu like i need a volunteer and all these all these people raise their hands so i i I just pick out one who looks a little you know a little hammered yeah he was like (laughs) like whoa like stoked and i pulled him up on stage and i'm like all right come with me and i just walk him to the back of the stage and i point him into the corner and like you're in trouble don't move (laughs) and for the the whole for the whole song we're playing with this this kind of chad looking dude you know monster energy drink hat or whatever and he's just sitting in the corner he's like i volunteered for this <laughs> and so he's on stage with us and he's just sitting in the corner and he keeps turning around and i would go back and shove his head so he's not looking at the band so he can't see <laughs> no way and then uh after that so that song finishes and then I, I I pull him out and I'm like, now tell me, what did you do wrong? He's like, I don't know. And I'm like, all right. And I put him back in the corner. No, are you serious? <laughs> Got to learn your lesson. <laughs> so that, that show was a pretty funny one. Oh my God, dude, that's that, amazing. And I think you guys, you guys have played at the, the, the honey warehouse, right? Yes. That place is amazing. Yeah, that, that was a pretty cool spot. And they have that cable hanging from the roof in Albuquerque. Yep. And and it was a pretty packed show for that. Like, you know, the bodies were definitely hitting the floor there. And, and <laughs> I was in my underwear at one point, dangling from that metal cable from the roof, just screaming. And the people started pushing me like a, like a boxing bag, just like swinging me around. <laughs> yeah. So I have fond memories of that. And I got one more show I wanted to to share about, but yeah, uh, please, dude. Oh, it just popped in my head. What what was it though? Uh, we've had some pretty fun shows. Like, literally, I can look back and think of if I know what venue it is, I can go like, oh yeah, I remember this happened there. Or like, you know, you have like little gems, of course, that yeah, stick with you, and that's a pretty cool feeling to and to. Oh oh, I remembered what it is. So you know the uh, YouTube celebrity Jared Dines. Oh yeah. So we it was our first out of state show that I can remember years ago. Um we got invited to play this kind of DIY music festival. Yeah. It was like fifty bands in two days on one stage. It was a community center, like wow. a VFW hall. Oh, okay. And so we we did like four tour dates. It was one of our smaller first smaller tours. Okay. Just to get up there. And we we get up there tons of van issues like just barely van broke down like four times we finally get there like 10 minutes before we're supposed to play Jeez. so we we pile in and just start like i gotta blow up my balloons <laughs> and we get everything set up as fast as we can and we're ready to rock 
And then I started to kind of take notice. The crowd was exhausted. Like cause they had been yeah. there for two days, just getting pummeled with metal and beat down bands and stuff. And there was, <laughs> there was roughly, I want to guesstimate like 80 to a hundred people at this event. And they oh, were wow, all, okay. they were all just outside, like laying down like they And there's some people in the back of the building, like playing a Nintendo 64 and, and whatnot. <laughs> and so I could tell like these people are just exhausted. Like, so I just started taking balloons and pool noodles and started running outside, like skipping around, throwing balloons and pool noodles and <laughs> basically like, you know, trying to invite the, the crowd in. And so then some of the people kind of like meandered in They're like, what is going on? Like, what is this band? And, and we just started doing what we do. Yeah. Like jumping, thrashing, going crazy. And by the end of the show, like everyone is just in there. There was people who were like, you know, hardcore pitters, just like, they knew who had to throw down and do, you know, triple backflips or whatever while punching, <laughs> yeah. punching with all four of their arms and stuff and, you know, <laughs> fighting off invisible ninjas like no other. And it's like really good, good hardcore dancers. But during our set, they're, ba- they're dancing like ballerinas, like using, like toilet paper is like a streamer and just spinning around no like butterflies and so i'm in my underwear at this point <laughs> that's amazing as all bands are you know so Always. and i run outside and there's this the band that's playing after us i hadn't heard of them before um but they're there and they're outside you know smoking and, and just chatting i didn't know yeah. who they were and they were the only people not in that building by the end of our set so I run and I'm in my underwear and I just jump into the middle of their little circle. Yeah. And they, they, they're talking about something. They just stop talking and they're just looking at this, you know, lunatic in his underwear, just staring at him and like, <laughs> what are you guys doing outside? The show's inside. And, <laughs> and this guy with a half rolled cigarette, he's like, I'm rolling a cigarette. <laughs> and so I just immediately bite it out of his hand and like problem solved get inside <laughs> no way <laughs> and i was sprinting and i didn't know this but you know being the straight edge boy that i am or whatever but like tobacco burns <laughs> <laughs> and I, so i have tobacco just like all over in my mouth and in my beard and it's just burning my face and i'm like spitting it <laughs> as i'm running back into the building in my underwear and the band the band that I ate the cigarette up, they just kind of lose their minds, like, whoa! And like, so they come running in to, to catch the last, it was like our last song or whatever. And I run inside the building, I get the, you know, I got tobacco all over me and it's burning and there's a trash can. And so I jump in the trash can in my underwear and <laughs> they, they had only been serving hot dogs. So it was just ketchup and mustard in this trash can. <laughs> yeah. So I got ketchup and mustard all over my legs and my underwear. And like all over my skin, and I'm just like rocking around the trash can. And then they pick up the trash can and started hoisting it like up and down. No and way! I, I was terrified. Like I'm gonna die. This is how I yeah. die. <laughs> 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 On top of the world, living my dream. I'm gonna die. <laughs> and <laughs> and like they eventually put me down. But like, turns out that was Jared Dine's band. So <laughs> no that was way. a that was a pretty funny show and we i didn't even know it was jared dines I, I literally did not know it was him like i had watched some of his videos yeah and then uh like two years later somebody tagged us like yo dude jared dines gave you guys a shout out and he was doing like a, a morning kind of a podcast talk show with there's a guy from a band called for the likes of you they were also there like i, okay. I kind of knew those guys and and like both really cool bands but they have this morning talk show thing on on youtube or at least they did mm-hmm. i don't know if they still have it but 
okay. <laughs> they're sitting there talking about the craziest stuff that they've seen at shows or stuff that made them laugh. And they mm-hmm. just started talking like, dude, what was that band that like the guy was his microphone was not plugged in. It was a wireless <laughs> mic. <laughs> He's like, and he ate that cigarette and it was in his underwear and he was in the trash can. Like, what was that band called? And like, oh, steak sauce mustache. Dude. And in the oh. comments, this guy commented, which if this guy ever hears this, I am hunting for him. <laughs> we we played a crazy one of my I would say it's one of my favorite, like nearest dearest shows in Sacramento, California. There's a band called Blood Pig, which you should check them out. They're, oh, I know. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like really tight friends of ours. They're, they're no longer a band, but like they were they were sick. They were one of the only bands that I was like, man. These guys actually like make me feel like I have a run for my money. Like they were just wild and really fun and exciting. And heck yeah. And uh, we, we played their farewell show and it was so sweaty and so packed in there. <laughs> it was a great time. But I had neon pink vans with a like, covered with paint splatter. Yeah. And it kind of went, I, I wear all pink just because, like, rather than wearing all black like most hardcore bands do, like, I'm yeah, just going to yeah. wear a bright color. But <laughs> uh, anything pink i'll buy it and wear it in an outfit or whatever and, but i i usually strip off my outfits i usually have layers and at that show i had seven outfits on and it was so oh. hot in there and so like i you know taking off my layers and by the end of the show i'm in a diaper you know bare, <laughs> barefoot all bands do this right it's yeah normal. dude yeah dude i just hate buying the diapers you know what i mean <laughs> i'm going blowing through them so fast <laughs> yeah but uh, basically, like I threw my shoes off to the side. By the end of the show, the room's cleared out, and I'm looking everywhere for my shoe. Like it's my show shoe. Where's my shoe? And yeah. I could only find one. I don't know why. And then on that YouTube video of Jaron Dines sharing a story about how Steak Sauce Mustache ate a cigarette and stuff, yeah. <laughs> this guy comments, "I totally have that guy's shoe. I took it at one of his shows in Sacramento. LOL. It's pink and it's a Vans." And I was like, there he is. He stole my shoe. <laughs> so I, I took down his information from YouTube. And one day, if I ever get down there, I'm going to try to find that guy. Dude, hey, you know I what? Uh, I was going to say, we, I live in California. So once, once, we're, once we're in Sacramento, I'm going to hunt him down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look up his info. I have it noted down somewhere. <laughs> it, it's just so funny to me that like all these loose web connections, like Jared Dines is talking about a band he saw and then this rando in California, totally different state is commenting like I stole his shoe. <laughs> yeah. What are the odds of that? It's, it's a small world, dude. Dude. It seriously is. It's r- ridiculous, man. <laughs> dude. How, how far out have you guys been from are you? You guys are Southern California based, right? Yes. Yeah. So like how far out East and stuff have you guys made it so far? East. Uh, the farthest we've been is, is I think, well, we've been, we've hit El Paso and then we've been in, uh, New Mexico. That that's as far gotcha, yeah. as far, if I'm reading uh, a compass correctly, um, yeah. that's East, correct? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> but like, so, I'm homeschooled. Yeah, Why are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. The earth is flat. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> dude exactly, man. I'm going to fall off. Is but East like... even a real direction <laughs> <laughs> made up by NASA <laughs> actors? And actors. Oh. And they, really quick, if you are a flat earther out there, totally not diss on you whatsoever. Because <laughs> 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 
I I watched the documentary and it, it made me kind of feel sorry for them. <laughs> it's like really, the, really? It, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like a, the people group that attaches to uh, it's like they believe everything's a conspiracy, which there are a lot of conspiracies that are true, in my oh, yeah. opinion. But yeah, I feel like a lot of that people group they were made fun of or rejected by whatever. And so now they've really attached to something because it is a sense of unity and inclusion for them. And I feel like, like, man, that makes me kind of feel bad. Like people just rip on flat earthers and it's like, <laughs> they're human beings. Like they, they have a right to an opinion, even if, you know, evidence shows otherwise, like and <laughs> yeah. people make fun of me and my beliefs all the time. So like, I've learned to just, you know, shrug it off or whatever. It's like, hey, you know, yeah. people can believe what they want. They don't know any better. So, so I don't know. Anyways, no, I've that... hella gotta go pee. <laughs> Dude, same here. So, okay. So let me, okay. I'm going to ask you one more thing and then, and then, then, then we can both uh, urinate in peace. Sounds good. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Dude, but like. Or I could, I could, my, oh, my cable's not that long. I could take this in the restroom. You could record the peeing, but. I, I totally would have too. <laughs> I would have been like, uh, just yeah, nice. So, this is, this is the peeing section another genius podcast idea rather than just the, the silent podcast uh, just a podcast of people peeing back and forth <laughs> back and forth <laughs> all right so what's the question uh, um the, um like the, the one i like to ask glass is uh okay so if your band was a tv show what show would it be oh well people basically have told us that it, like they say that you guys are like the the Eric Andre of metal. I wouldn't say that we're that intense. I would say that we're more like a uh, Tim and Eric of metal. <laughs> oh yes, dude, that, that's per Dude, Tim and Eric is amazing. Like, oh, that's perfect. And I'm hoping to kind of tap more into that adventure time spirit too, because I, I I've been rewatching. I'm in this the beginning of the sixth season now. I'm rewatching through it again, and and I'm like this show is such a genius show. But honestly, like yeah, like people have related us to Tim and Eric a lot, which. Mad respect, like that's a pretty cool honor. Oh, like yeah. Tim and Eric is awesome. I don't necessarily enjoy all their content. Like there's some stuff that's like golden, then a lot of it's like, ah, okay, you know. Yes, yeah, I totally agree. But, like some of their skits, and like that's just freaking funny. So, so that's a huge honor. And and the people who are saying that we're the Eric Andre, like that's a huge honor, but it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some of his stuff, and it's just like, oh man, this makes me cringe so hard. <laughs> dude dude i've yeah it's just like oh my how are you doing that like <laughs> i ha I have some i don't know like i i feel like i have a lot of empathy for like as a performer i'm trying to empathize like how does the crowd receive this i never try to do anything that's over the board or yeah in, in a way offensive like like if people are offended by it, a full-grown adult in a diaper yelling "No more wiping my diaper!" Then like, <laughs> my apologies. Like, yeah. there's there's other bands out there. Don't worry. But, <laughs> but like for the most part, I'm I'm trying to dance that fine line between bad and not good. Yeah. What I would say. <laughs> like I I don't want I want people to feel welcome, not necessarily like 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 ah, that was too gross. Like you, you look at videos of gore. Yeah. <laughs> And like they have the giant penis that they bring out and spray the crowd with, you know, the the metaphorical semen. And yes, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, that would make me so uncomfortable. I never oh, want to yeah. do I want to be like the children's version of gore. <laughs> gore light. <laughs> 
dude, that 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 has to be, dude. Like stinks off some mustache. <laughs> Our genre, gore light. <laughs> <laughs> we, we want people to feel like feel happy at the end of our show is yeah. not like like what happened to me i'm covered in this sticky foam <laughs> <laughs> and but yeah like i feel like like empathy is an important thing that a lot of society is kind of like if you don't agree with me then you're canceled type of thing they just shut each other out of their life and like we kind of need to learn empathy a little bit i feel like i agree we don't grow we become so much more calloused and hurtful when when rather than like I, I get frustrated, like not gonna lie, sometimes I get so mad, and it's in hindsight that I realize, like, man, I was I was being a dick. I did not have to respond that way. I could have just, you know, like stopped, heard what they were saying, and just bit my tongue rather than like feeling the need to defend or argue. Like, and I feel like the internet is polluted with people who have learned to more or less compartmentalize their life. Like, I don't agree with that person. I'm removing them from my life and never talk yeah. to them again. And like, there's no need for that. The world's big enough for all of us. So exactly. Flat, it's so flat. Like there's so many directions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so much space. <laughs> it's so flat. And once you get past the outer ice ring, like it's just flat forever. Dude. I, I had a friend <laughs> that go out, went out there, dude. He never came back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know it's flat. He fell right off. <laughs> oh my god, dude. That's perfect. <laughs> well, then, uh, since we both are uh, bursting at the seams, um, I'm gonna... Uh, Where's I'm... my diaper when I need it, man? Dude, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we always make up funny, like, people ask us, how did you get your band name? And we've never, ever, ever given us the same answer like we just make something up and like oh yeah basically this happened <laughs> and it's because like i don't even think that like what's that that symptom where you you lie to yourself so many times that you actually believe it i feel oh. like that we have literally we don't remember why the band is called steaks off mustache because we've made up new reasons so many times <laughs> that's that's but that's that's great dude because then you, you can never give the real answer it's and... all shrouded in mystery dude and everyone exactly everyone feels like like oh no the vocalist told me like this is how they got it so like i got the the inside scoop but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all dude i i I, want, I would love to I would see now next time i see you guys i'm gonna ask each one of you like hey. yeah. <laughs> you should rec record them all and make a conspiracy theory like i think there's some truth in each of these and you just gotta <laughs> find the pieces dude i'm gonna walk off the earth and then i'm gonna figure it out dude i'm gonna <laughs> find my dad and dragon and it's gonna, it's gonna be it dude i'm gonna find my dragon i'm gonna fly out past the ice ring find my dad <laughs> figure out how this band got their name <laughs> oh my god dude that's amazing. all right i'm I'm starting to drizzle a little bit. I'm going to hit that, <laughs> that can. <laughs> dude. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, then, dude, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Of course. It was my, like, no joke. This is my first actual podcast slash interview ever. So I'm like, heck, yeah, I want to do it with the Cell Damage Boys. Oh, dude, dude, thank you. Like, oh, that, that makes me so happy. Like, I was. It's my podcast, Cherry. <laughs> Oh, wow. I, I have just popped it. There we go. 
dude, dude. I was so stoked I that I've been. I'm pregnant. <laughs> oh God. Uh. Oh, this isn't coming out. Sorry. See you later. Bye. <laughs> Cancel. Yeah. <laughs> just. <laughs> but dude, I've been wanting to talk to you just because, like, I didn't. I. 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 I remember. I think I might have said like hello at that show and i was just i was just nervous because you guys are intense and uh <laughs> and then um but yeah dude, dude like are you kidding like there is <laughs> is sufferer who's the members of a lot like birds yeah and then also i had heard about kayanashi for years from friends and it's like getting to see those guys too i was like i was like oh man like hi i'm taylor <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i i didn't even realize it at the time but when we were playing i ran out in the crowd and just stuck my microphone the first person i saw yeah it was Corey lockwood no was, way yeah and he's like oh <laughs> <laughs> yes. he, he just looked at me wide i was like oh <laughs> into the mic so and then I, I talked to him afterwards, like, oh, you're Corey Lockwood. That's crazy. So he, he's a really nice guy. Shout oh, out. That's so, that's so cool. Oh, dude, I'm, and, that's so cool. And the guys in Kayanashi, like, I got to meet them there, and especially their bassist, and they had a photographer with them, Edward, and he was such an awesome guy, too. And I've maintained, you know, loose friendships with them over the last year and a half or so, just getting to talk to them online and stuff. But they're both great guys as well. So shout outs to Ken Nash. <laughs> Dude, that's that's so that see that 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 show is so amazing, man. Exactly, like it, and the whole buildup was such a crap fest of like the show getting canceled, yep, and then bands abandoning ship and everything getting switched to a new location. I don't even think we knew the venue to like two days before or something like that. Yeah, we were in the middle of the tour. Like, I hope it works out. <laughs> <laughs> it happens a lot on tour. You're like, well, I don't know if there's actually a show. Let's go see. Let's drive ten hours. <laughs> How much money did you want to blow on gas today? <laughs> That's so awesome, dude. All right. It's pee time. Okay. I love you. Uh, you I have a good day. Yeah, you do the same, sir. All right. It's good talking to you, dude. You have a, have a good time. And oh, for those of you out there listening, check out Cell Damage. They're pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. We'll check out Steak Sauce. <laughs> They're more dope. Yeah, what, what actually is your podcast name? Oh, it's uh, Drive Safe, Text When Home. Drive Safe, Text When Home. Sounds good. I'm going to actually listen to it. <laughs> oh, dude, sick. Okay, cool, dude. <laughs> You're like, oh, can you be on my podcast? I'm like, I don't know what it's called, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a, actually have a hunch that you never release these as podcasts. You just record a database so you, like, a little horde. You have a weird fetish where you just like to listen to podcasts. <laughs> uh, uh, no, dude, go walk off that earth because it, it is seriously, I don't do that. <laughs> There's so much ice out there. <laughs> All right. It's it's for real, drizzling out of my peen. My undies are getting a little bit soaked and I, it's uncomfortable. So you have a wonderful day, Josh. I'll talk to you later. You too, man. I'll talk to you later. Right. Bye-bye. Just finished that episode with Taylor, and uh, I'd like to say I had way too much fun listening. Uh, listening, you know, talking on it. It was, it was super. It was so cool to like get to know that. First of all, it blew my mind that he wasn't one of the founding members of Steak Sauce, knowing that it's that intense and how they all work together so well. That was insane, and just getting to hear everything 
he does is so cool. I had questions to ask him. Like, I had so many more, but like, it just kept going naturally and it was perfect. And he was such a cool dude to talk to. Like I said, I probably said like, what's up to him like a couple of years ago. And I don't know, it was just super cool to hear uh, his story and how they came up. And now they're just the crazy show that they are. But please, everyone, if you have not checked out his bands, please check out Steak Sauce Mustache and Your Hands Right History. They are both amazing, and I've just had the pleasure of playing with Steak Sauce, so I'm, I'm very uh, partial to that band. <laughs> but they, they're so cool, and like they're writing new stuff, and it's, I guarantee you it's going to blow your mind. But please, go check out Super Woke. That record was amazing. But um, a huge thank to, thanks to Taylor for coming on. It was way too much fun. It was like, again, it was just so cool to hear that story and everything. But um, thank you for everyone listening. I hope everyone is staying safe and having fun and doing whatever they can to stay inside, you know. But uh, I love you. Sorry, too soon? Okay, I apologize. But anyways, thank you for listening. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye!